Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast. I am Lindsay Titus, and I am so excited. We have another Share Your Story series here for you on the podcast today, and we are going to learn a little bit more about a fabulous educator. Uh, Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And so Jessica and I have recently connected. Uh, We are both Teach Better Ambassadors, and so I'm excited to hear kind of a little bit about how things have been going into entering into this community and, you know, really uh, just finding out more about you um, as the educator that you are, but also other roles, because I wholeheartedly know and believe that as educators, we serve multiple roles uh, inside and outside of the classroom. And so I always love finding out more about uh, educator stories, because I really do believe those are our, those are our superpowers, right? Like that's what makes us us. That's what makes you who you are. And it's what makes me who I am. And so I love this series because it's, Well, it's something that comes every couple weeks on the podcast, every educator brings a new, unique, dynamic view uh, to these episodes. And so just I'm so excited to dive in uh, today. So if educators, if listeners are not yet connected with you or or do not know who you are, can you share a little bit about who you are, what you do? Sure. Um, So my name is Jessica Freed, obviously. Um, My Twitter Twitter handle is Kentucky Girl in Alabama. And this was way before I knew about education. Twitter. This is when I used to talk smack because I'm married to a twice grad of Alabama and I'm a Kentucky grad. We got the whole SEC thing going and all of that. Even our wedding colors were even crimson and cobalt blue. So we're diehard. Um, so I used to talk smack, but now I don't. I only use it for like the education stuff. Um, when administration stuff started following me, I was like, ooh, I need to be careful what I post. Um, let's see. I am a Google for Education Certified Trainer. And I my favorite role I've had so far besides the awesomeness I felt from the Teach Better community. I mean, it was great. I even got a birthday shout out in like our little Facebook group. I felt very loved. Um has been uh, being a Google innovator. I was from the New York City cohort from 2019, and that's probably been the coolest thing I've gotten a, a chance to do. Um, my teaching life, I'm a middle school special education teacher, so I teach 6th through 8th grade. I do ELA resource, so I do all the standards from 6th through 8th grade, um, but I have very small classes. I'm with my class every single year, so like my 8th graders, this is the third year I've had them. <laughs> I don't want to say that too loud, sorry. <laughs> They are ready. They're over me at this point. They're like, get out of my face, Miss Reed. We actually still have state, state testing coming up this next week. Um, we, let's see, what else ready? I love to speak at conferences. I'm kind of in that odd situation where I'm special ed and I'm ed tech. So I'm kind of a, not a lot of people know how to, uh, like, I'm not like keynote stuff yet, but like I have people come to my presentations because I talk about inclusion. 
Um, I think I just did my like 18th conference yesterday so far this year. Um, well, a bit of an overachiever when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, see what else? I do a lot of stuff for our school system. I recently just, I was a cheer coach. I'm now helping with the band for color guard because I was a major at it for many, many years. So that's kind of cool. Um, it's hard to describe what you do when you do it every day because then it like, it makes you sound like I don't, like I don't walk around with a big head. I don't. Um, I'm our lead special ed teacher actually was buying stuff this morning to buy little packets because it's teacher appreciation week, like a pen and some candy for my, for my group of teachers. Um, I've been teaching about 13 years going on 14. I think, I don't really know at this point. I just keep going. I've been in my current school system for my fourth. This is my fourth year. I'll be going into my fifth. Um, I have finally found a place where I never thought I'd find a place where I feel late fully feel accepted it's a I have great administration my previous administration before like we lost like our principal moved to the central office in the middle of the year last year um she was fantastic and my AP left in the summer to go to the elementary school and I didn't think I'd have a really good administrator who just think you you do you boo and just lets me go which I appreciate um I am myself and my friend Stephanie we are the we call ourselves the googly girls we do PD for our district we also are hopefully this the next couple of weeks we'll be planning our second it's like our district only PD summer camp called uh, Camp Dave and we we don't have an instructional technology person right now so we kind of do a little bit of both. We help um, elementary school. We recently did one of their websites. So I just wear all kinds of hats because we're a very small district um, and I'm middle school. On a personal side, I'm married to my husband. Like I said, he's now a Bama fan. We celebrate in seven years in June. I have a three-year-old, almost four in a week from yesterday, um, who through the most massive tantrum I've ever seen this morning at my parents' house. I did not think we were going to make it out alive. And we had to go back and apologize. And she's an only child. And she probably will be an only child because I don't know if I can do it again. I'm 36. I just turned 36. I'm good. <laughs> that sounds so bad, but I'm good. Um, and we have a birthday party to go to after this. So if you see randomly see a three-year-old pop in, this is why, because, and I just moved to a new office in my house. Um, you're getting way more information about me than you needed to know, but my mother-in-law just moved out because, you know, worldwide pandemic, her house got flooded this time last year. She just moved back to her house literally last weekend. So I finally was able to make an office so you wouldn't see the background wouldn't be my wonderful uh, child's playroom that looks like Toys R Us threw up in it. I have one of those too. It's okay. <laughs> God dang. And it, I mean, it's... I, and I don't help because I go to Walmart and I still buy her stuff. Well, like I'm, I am right there with you. I'll, I'll in one in one second I'm like, where did all this come from? And then I come home from the store. Look what I got you. So yeah, you know it happens. It's okay. And then the other coolest thing I'm doing, I am hopefully I will finish today my manuscript for my book called The Collaborative Prenup Through Edumat. Um, it's a it's my Google Innovator project, and that's like my I guess my passion project. Um, but I'm struggling. I've been having that imposter syndrome because I keep seeing people turning in manuscripts and they're like hundred something pages long. Mine is like 50 right now. Like book, like book, regular page is like 25 regular. It's 50. And I'm like, I'm just, I can't, I don't, so, but it'll be okay. I don't do long books, I guess. I don't know. It's hard, but yeah. okay. <laughs> that's, that's my whole spiel in like three minutes or less. I, I love it. Well, I'm, and I love so much of that. Like, I'm not even like, like, I was taking notes during all that. Cause I had so many like connections that were like coming to me, but I love, I love, I think one that you hit on, I love when people hit on personal and professional roles. 
Because I think as educators, we get so, and I know I did this for years, we get so stuck in, I'm an educator, right? I'm a teacher, I'm this, I'm that, which are all fabulous. Like they're all part of who we are, but it's so important to not lose sight of what we do outside of the classroom too. That we're allowed to have passion projects and hobbies and, and just things that we enjoy that don't have to do with education. Now I say that and almost all of my hobbies somehow connect to education because that's just where my passion lies. But I, you know, and even in the groups that I run and the mentorship I run, like it's a constant conversation we are having. Like, okay, who, who tried something new this week? Who did something outside of education? Because it's so important to keep, in my opinion, to keep expanding what it is we do and who we are. Um, but I love that, you know, through all that you were sharing, there's so many things that you are doing and roles that you are serving, but that it sounds like, right, like your passion and energy is coming through. So you're thriving in them, right? It's not about, it's not, a, you know, to me, I, I survived or tried to survive in one role for so long. And it wasn't until I gave myself permission to say, it's okay to do multiple things. It's okay to love who I am inside and outside of the classroom. And in fact, it's more than okay. And I'm going to thrive at it because this all, it's all what I value. It's all what I love to do. And, and that's really what I was hearing from you is that there's so many things you're a part of because they light you up in different ways, right? They amplify your voice and you get to share and connect. And I love that you are sped in ed tech. Like I love that combination. And you're right. It's very, it's not out there a ton. And you know, I have a special ed background too. I do not have the tech background. <laughs> But I uh, like I taught so I'm a, a certified birth to sixth grade special education teacher uh, and general education teacher, but all my experience is in special education. Um, so I taught for five years. I've done the behavior specialist consulting within, you know, schools and other avenues for 10 years. Um, and so I think, you know, that's a that's a huge piece to incorporate in technology like that's, that is a dynamic duo. So it doesn't surprise me that you've done 18 conferences, although that kind of, that number blew my mind. I was like, holy moly, that's, that's amazing. Um, and so I just say kudos to you for, for sharing your voice and, and helping educators learn that it is possible. It's absolutely possible. It's one of those things where my, um, my girlfriends are like, how do you have time? I want to be like, if you look at me and then you look at the people that like I know and you see everything everybody else. I mean, like if you like look inside the Teach Better Master Facebook group, everybody's got 30,000 things going on, but that's because that's what makes us so happy. You know, like it's always, it's like, how can we, like, how can we best serve? Like, I don't, like I, to me, I don't know. I just, I'm happiest when I'm busy. Like I'm, I'm finishing my gifted endorsement and I'm finishing my dyslexia endorsement. I'm starting my computer science endorsement this summer. I'm so excited because <laughs> I feel like that's just going to open up so many more. That's it. I eventually would like to do some computer science, um, but I know nothing besides basic Google stuff. Um, and my husband's like, you're so weird. God, don't hate. Thank you. But I think you bring up a really good point because I get that. I get that question all the time too, right? How do you do so many things? And my answer for a long time was, I don't know. It just happens. I don't know. I just do it. I don't know. You know, cause I, I didn't, I didn't actually know why, like, and I had to really kind of through my own personal growth, I figured it out is because everything I do aligns to a value I hold. So I don't feel like I'm doing, you know, 800 things. And if I do, it's because something has, has, has is out of alignment with me. I'm doing something that doesn't, you know, feel or something that I value. 
And so if I do start to feel that overwhelm, if I do start to feel that, oh my goodness, I can't do all the things, then I know it's time to take a look at what I'm doing and say, okay, has something shifted? Is something not a priority to me anymore? Is something not valuable to me anymore? Or is it just I haven't rested or had a moment to myself because that's something that's important to me too? And so I think, you know, my question back to people when they tend to ask me that is, is is that even what you want to do though? Like you see me doing all these things, but is that really what you want? And usually the answer is no. Usually the answer is I just want to enjoy, like I want to find the fun back in my life or I want to, I want to find time to rest. And I said, well, if you want time to rest, don't, don't load up your schedule with 10 more things. (laughs) Like what can you cut? What can you drop from your schedule? And then boom, you just opened up time for you to decide how you want to spend it. So I think that, you know, how do you do it? It is a question people have, but sometimes I think they get wrapped up in it when I'm like, but is that what you actually want? Like, do you want to do all the things? If you do, great. I can, you know, I live the blended lifestyle. That's how I make it happen. But if you don't, then own that you don't and own that you want to be able to go to work, do your thing, rock at it, and then go home and do whatever you want to do you know, with the time outside of school. So I think that's super important. Um, So with Jessica, with all that you do, what would you say, you know, is really like your mission as an educator? What is it that you want to, you know, inspire or impact, uh, whether it's students or staff? Because again, you're kind of doing both, both pieces. I think my students may argue with you on that. Um, especially my eighth graders at this current point in the year. Um, I think my mission is really trying to incorporate that inclusion is not bad, that these students deserve, because I always go back to, and my key point is I always go back to, now I'm not the best co-teacher, I'm not, but I know what it should look like. My, um, my, I have two masters, one's in curriculum instruction. I don't know why I have that, I just do. Because I wanted the pay raise. My second one is from Alabama in um, collaborative teaching. And so I learned a lot about Dr. Brandon Cook or Marilyn Brandon Cook, who are like the gurus of co-teaching. My mom actually has her doctorate in special ed as well. I come by it honestly. My my mom has seven degrees. Whoa, okay. Just, just throwing that out there. Like she and she's retired and she's now doing woodworking and she teaches yoga. So like I come by this honestly. It's it's a it's a family thing. But um I think my biggest thing is that I want people to understand because an IEP is an individualized education program. This is a legal document. I'm married to an attorney. I don't like I mean he tells me about court. I don't want to have to go in front of somebody because I said that I was gonna do something in IEP. And I don't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it just, it freaks me out in general. (laughs) So I tend to want to make sure that people understand when you as a team come together and you create this IP for a student, you are, and you know this, I mean, you've written IPs, you've got that back, especially behavior stuff. That's like a whole nother, I worked at a behavior school for two years and oh sweet Jesus, that was a whole nother, that was a whole nother story for another day. Um, but lots of, I have a whole new respect for the ABA program and behavior analysis and all that. Like I currently have a student on a behavior contract right now and I need to change it, but his function is still the same. It won't change. Doesn't matter. Like I had that conversation with my director and she was like, what is the function of his behavior? And I was like, attention. I know what it is. I did the analysis. Sorry, that's beside the point. But my mission, <laughs> see, I'm so scattered around myself. My mission is for people to understand that inclusion is not hard. It is one of those things that takes patience and time. And 
those kids deserve just as much the right to be in your classroom just as a gifted kid does because i know as a i've done general ed and i've done sped general ed teachers have it hard i understand that i get it i really really do and i think a lot of times there's that miscommunication that general ed teachers think sped teachers just sit back hang out and write ieps which is not the truth if you're a good sped teacher because like ieps i had one for the behavior it took me eight hours to write because i analyzed the data. like you know there's so much to it nobody's gonna look at it except me but i feel better about it. um i just want people to understand that there are ways to make the inclusion in the classroom better and especially with this pandemic year that we've had technology is so important i got my ed tech degree from kennesaw like two years ago so before any of this ever happened and i got it because it like it lit a spark in me, which is what started this whole process for me. I just, everything, I understood it. Like it was weird. I got it. You know, the different programs, I understood how this stuff worked and how it could make my kids learn better, you know, and there's, I'm always finding new stuff, but I think because there's such that stereotype of what inclusion classroom is supposed to be, that people get, does that make sense? Like people get stuck on what they're trying to do. And so there are ways to make your classroom way easier and way more efficient by using technology by coming up with some cool ways because our goal as a teacher and if you're not this as a teacher our goal is to figure out how our kids learn and make them meet their standard and actually understand now i know my kids aren't going to do well on tests i'm not stupid i didn't do well on state tests i didn't even break a thousand on my sat but yet i have four four degrees you know <laughs> like i'm not a good test taker bless my child i hope she's better than i am you know, it just, I feel like every child deserves a chance. And for some teachers, that's just not possible. And I don't understand why. I feel like this year, especially, is like, it's either make or break years for teachers. Either you love it, or some of us are just so tired that they're done with the profession, which just sucks because so many teachers are leaving our profession that are so great. You know, it's one of those, I don't know, I just want to, does that make sense? And it I feel like I ramble a lot of times. No, it, but, it absolutely, it absolutely does. And I think, you know, I love that. I think at like the core, it's it's that, you know, inclusion doesn't have to be difficult. And, and I think I resonate with that one, yes, because of my background, but two, I live by the standard of it gets to be easy. Like that's my life. If something is complicated, if something is hard, if something, not meaning hard, like I have to work to like grow and learn it, but like, I feel like I'm hitting a brick wall, <laughs> like that kind of hard, then it's not the right way. Then I, then I've missed something, then I overlooked something. And it's time to take that step back and say, what's the simpler way? What's the way that feels best? Like that, that lights me up because if we are going into something thinking it's going to be impossible or thinking it's going to be difficult or challenging, guess what? It will be, right? And we will find that because that's what the mindset we're holding. And I think if, if, if people can start redefining what it gets to be for them, right? So you were saying, you know, if, if they have this picture of what it should be or what it needs to be, I, to me, that's Shouldville. I call that living in Shouldville. Like, and as educators, we've got to get out of it because we lived there for so long. So the shoulds, right? Well, it should do this. He should do that. I should do this. But that's not how we live life. Like we live life by what am I doing? What what do I have that in my power right here, right now? And I think that's, that's a big piece. And knowing your students is essential, but also knowing who you are. That's why so much of my mission here for Define You is who are you? What are your strengths? What are your unique talents? Because I'm, I'm very much like you. I am not a test taker. I... 
I do not do well at them at all. I had, I had high 80s in my AP chem class in high school. I got a one on the AP exam. Like I had no credit at yeah, all. on my AP English and AP history one. Right. I don't care. I was like, I took it. I know. That was me. I was like, well, I tried my best and I really did. But I, I don't do well when I sit down to take that test. I did not do well in my, uh, my um, SATs. I didn't even take the other one. So I was like, what's the point? Right. And I think this is, this is where labels are so dangerous, right? Whether it's, and it's regardless of whatever label it is. And I see that in a lot of the work that I do coaching is, you know, the words that we use to describe who we are, they're, they're going to either keep us moving forward or they're going to hold us back every single time. And I see that with our students too. Um, I even do it with my daughter. My daughter is very shy, reserved, um, you know, quick to, you know, have tears. She gets worried. And I find myself like, I'll use those words, you know, describing her. And I'm like, step back, right? Like how else? Like, that's not how I want to describe her first to somebody. But it's usually because I'm trying to like paint that picture or tell them something about her. But I'm like, no, there's so much more to her. That's one part of her. And she knows that we work on it, but it's not all of her. And I think, you know, when we get stuck on those labels, it it gets really hard to see the whole kid. It gets really hard to see who is this student in front of me. And so I love that, you know, the work through the work that you are doing, you know, again, this combination of SPED and, and ed tech, like technology is giving our kids voices that haven't had a voice in a long time. And so by, by being able to, to share that, it really is amplifying students not because they are gifted or have an IEP or are gen ed or specialized because of who they are the student that they are. Um, and so I love, I love that work. So I'm excited to, to keep, you know, learning more from you and, you know, to keep, to keep learning this because I think this is a big part of it in that, you know, how do we keep growing as educators, right? So we are, like you mentioned, we are finding joy, even in the hard, even in the hard time, right? Even during these challenging moments. And yes, this last year and a half has been a pretty long moment, <laughs> but, but I'm not, it does not, it doesn't get to take away the hard work that we have done showing up and who we have been and all we've learned. I, I'm not ready to say like, well, the year and a half, it, it, it was just there. No, I learned more about myself in this past year and a half than, than I, I think I ever, you know, would have even expected I could. And so I'm not going to throw that away by saying it was the most challenging year and a half. It had challenging moments, yeah. But it also had some really beautiful moments too that I'm going to hold on to because that's, to me, that's, that's what I want to focus on, right? So let's talk about joy a little bit, because I think that's something really important, especially in the midst of challenging moments, right? Looking through that lens of gratitude, looking through that lens of joy. Um, you know, I keep a joy list. I have one in my phone. I have one on my computer. I have a folder that like has just things I either print out or cards I've received. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not trying, I'm not naive in that I know challenging moments will happen. But I'm also, you know, like we're, you know, again, we're like, I'm also smart enough to know I'm going to be prepared when they come. So I, I, I help, I get prepared, right? So I have these, these pieces to remind me of things that bring me joy, things that I, I love to see. So what is it, you know, for you, what is it that brings you joy as an educator? I think one of the things that as I've gotten older, I'm not, I mean, I know I'm not that like that old, but I feel like I'm older in that sense in education because I'm not fresh out of school. You know, I, I think a lot of teachers, we have lost that, you know, like when you first come out of college, you're like, I'm going to save the day. My classroom management's going to like my first year of teaching, bless it. 
if I could go back now, like, I was awful, those four kids, um, but, like, my thing of joy is really, um, I guess my love language is giving gifts, like, just showing people I appreciate them, and I've come to realize as myself, like, just because I show that to someone does not necessarily mean that people are going to do the same back to me, like, that it makes me happy, rather, you know what I mean, like, I shouldn't expect to get something, like, an award, or something. like, that's not... I do what I do because I enjoy doing it, not because I want to get recognized for it, which is something that is taking me to mature and to understand that I'm not going to automatically always get, you know, like teacher, like I've never gotten teacher of the year. I've never, I've gotten teacher of the month, but like, or in any of those kind of things. And that's okay because I'm making it, I'm working with my kids. I'm making people happy, you know, all those kind of things. Like if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so like my little joy of like, as cheesy as this is, my daughter goes to uh, speech therapy and OT and she, um, like she does private. And then on Wednesday she goes to her big girl school. Because she's going to pre-K next year. <laughs> she calls it her big girl school. She struggles with, um, back in the summer, we realized she was struggling with her Arctic skills, like the ending consonant sounds. Um, and so I was that mama, got the IP, because bless it. And I feel so bad. I was, that, I was her speech teacher's first IP. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not a mama. Like, I read about, well, they told me she didn't qualify. She missed about two points. And I was like, mm, no, 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 no. Anyway, that's another story. But I've never been on the other side. I've like my brother's had an IP, but I've never had to be the parent. And so it opened my eyes completely to see where my where parents were coming from. So I have a new appreciation. Um, but yes, I was that mama, unfortunately. And I try to apologize through gifts, but I don't apologize for sticking up for my mom being a mom, but I do apologize being the first one. So like my joy stuff is like 99 cent wine glasses from Walmart. It's a little chocolate and flare pens. Yes. <laughs> that's like, that's the best. Now her, her reg, her like school speech teacher, I got like the 10 pack mm-hmm. and also found hand sanitizer because Walmart had it for 50 cents and I got as many as I could. <laughs> I look like a crazy person. I'm pretty sure this morning at Walmart, but it's okay. Um, and I'm going to make little goodie bags for my teachers and my pair pros this week, just because it's teacher appreciation and we've got testing. I try to do that kind of stuff just to show people that they're appreciated because I want someone to do the same for me. Um, like my husband does the same thing for me. He, um, for my birthday recently, I'm obsessed with the little mermaid. And I had said many, many moons ago, I would love the Thomas Kincaid painting of the little mermaid. It's expensive. Like I didn't think anything about it. Well, for Christmas, he got me a stained glass version. I was like, Oh, that's so, that's cool. Like he does really, he does a very good job of picking out presents. He got me the painting for my birthday and I was really surprised. Like it's, it's up in my office. I was like, like, he's really good at doing that kind of stuff. So I just, I guess I just love the joy of making other people happy. And if it's doing through like my love language is giving gifts or if it's working with my kids, you know, sticking up for them. Like I have a group of students who, I mean, I'll fight for my kids if I think that they need to be fought for, um, which I love. One thing I do enjoy about me instead is that you, when you become a kid's case manager, you're their person. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And especially when you're three years into it, um, like I changed the kid's case manager this year. So I wasn't it. And his mom was like, why did you do that? I said, I'm sorry. I had like, I had to get a sixth grade. I'm so sorry. You know, or I have another mom who's just like, um, there it's like that comfort level, just like with my kid having her tantrum because I'm mama, you know, I have some kids who throw not like tantrums, but the way they act, I'm like, really? But it's because I'm their person or, Hey, can you call my mom about this? You know, I just, I think 
having that joy of having those relationships and making other people happy. But I've also, it's one of those things I've learned recently where I was in a interesting coaching situation where I put up with a lot of stuff for two years. Like it was very, I was very amazed now that I'm out of a situation when someone talked to me the way they did. Cause I like, I got to see this person recently and the, the way this person talked about the cheer, like our program and all this kind of stuff, like I had never done any of it and I was there for two years. Like it just kind of faced me like, okay, I'll let you basically talk to me like a dog for two years. And I'm so much more worthy than that. I don't know why. I've always got a fear. I think because I've been pink slipped several times just because of like numbers or whatever, you know, when you're in a system and you fi- you're like, you're so happy, like you're willing to do whatever it takes. But I also know that at this point now, I'm a lot older than you are. I don't deserve that treatment. And I just kind of looked and I'm now helping with the band. And I was like, crazy. And she said, my band person was like, no. She was like, are you glad you're band now? Because they've been trying to like jank me for three years. I said, yes. But it's just, it's like that kind of stuff where you don't realize, does that make any sense? It does. Yeah. I think, I think knowing it's something that comes up a lot of times, you know, again, in the, in the courses or the groups that I run is, is knowing yourself well enough that you're like, that's not, you know, I, I know I hold myself to, to this standard. Right. And I, you know, the people I interact with, you know, their language, if things are, things are, you know, yeah, again, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the word. Yeah. Yeah. To answer your question. Yes. It makes sense. But I think it comes down to knowing that it's absolutely okay to say, wait a second that's not, this, this isn't working. Like we need, we need to, you know, figure this out because I don't deserve to be spoken to that way. And I think when we have that inner strength and which ultimately starts with that awareness of, wait a second, what's going on here. Right. And, and we have that inner strength to then bring up that, that ability to have that conversation. I think, again, it all comes down to learning and growing and that's, you know, for us as well as for the people we, we interact with. But to me, it always comes, what can I control? And that's me. I can control my responses. I can control my reactions. I can control what I do. I can't control them. So now it, now I, now I look in the mirror, right? What can I control? What can I do? And to me, that that's made things easier because I, I stopped trying to change other people. And I think again, whether the other people are students or staff, it doesn't matter. But I did that for a really long time. I, I tried to change my students. I tried to be the changer, right? The change agent. And when I finally learned that's got to come from them, that's got to be on them. Now I can model, I can teach, I can be there, I can support, I can comfort, I can, I can do all the things, but I can't be the change that has to come from within them. And that for me was that, that eye opening moment of, Oh, I'm focusing on management when really it's, I want to be focusing on leadership and creating a leader within my student management's essential. I just recorded a podcast all about this, right? My management, the procedures, the systems, those checks and balances, all that stuff, it's needed. But if I, as the adult, if I, or as an adult, don't like to be managed, and then if I don't really like to be micromanaged, <laughs> why would I think that it's okay for me to do to my students, right? And that was a big aha moment for me that, wait, if I don't want that, yet that's what I'm doing, and I'm calling it classroom management. No. It is management in the classroom, but so it's, it's so the classroom can run, right? The classroom can run smooth, but I was not putting for a long time emphasis on leadership. And that to me comes down to relationships and connection, which is essential. So, um, you know, I just think all of this is so, you know, a lot of it to me comes, it's coming back to those basics, right? It's coming back to who am I as an educator? What brings me joy? What lights me up? What gets me fired up? 
and what can I control as the educator that I am? So I loved all of it. A lot of times I tell my kids that I can't control what happens to them outside of my classroom, but I can control what happens inside. Mm -hmm. That's what I share a lot of times because I don't know what my kids deal with at home. I only get snippets, Mm -hmm. but I can control how they are in my classroom. Absolutely. Oh, so important. I love it. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on today, sharing your story. I have loved learning, learning with you and from you um, these past, you know, this past, this past, uh, I don't even know, 30, 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like it's flown by. Um, if people are not yet connected with you, what's the best place for them to do that? So the best place, um, I am not, I, I have Instagram. I don't get teachergram. I don't understand how to do that. I try. I'm not consistent. Um, so the best place to get in touch with me is going to be at Twitter. And my Twitter handle, the Kentucky Girl in Alabama, KY Girl in Alabama. And then on my Twitter bio, I've also got my website, which is um, a Google site. And I will hopefully in the next, if I can finish it, I'll be hopefully finishing up my my book. So, which I'm really excited to be talking about, you know, collaboration, how it's like a marriage, and how you need a prenup or you're going to end up in divorce. I love it. I love it. And I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, once it is out, you'll have to come back and tell us all about it. Um, I, I know it's going to be amazing. So I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes for, so that people can connect further with you. And Jessica, thank you once again for coming on today. It's been a blast. Thank you. You are so welcome. And thank you listeners. If you love this episode, make sure you go rate, review, and subscribe. Share it out to an educator or two or three that also need to hear this message. And If you would love to come on the show and share your story, um, do me a favor, send me a message, um, or you can head right on over to defineuniversity.com and sign up right there. I would love to help amplify your voice as the educator that you are. So until next week, I will see you then. Keep on loving who you are, owning who you are, trusting who you are. They will help you define who you are one step at a time. All right, everybody, have an amazing week ahead, and I'll see you next week.